That that song that song's just beautiful. I really want to preach in like a Scottish accent. This giving me the mic on like Braveheart Sunday, probably not the best option, you know. Well, uh, kick off of the NFL season today. That's exciting. I'm pretty pumped about it. Ready for the Chiefs to win. Um, but I feel like be remiss um, if we didn't mention this bigger significance of today. Um, 9-11, right? Something that we'll never forget. Don't mean to bring the mood down, but uh, 15 years ago, um, I remember sitting in 6th grade social studies class and the TV being on and watching planes hit the building and not really understanding what was going on. Um, It's a day that affected all of America, but there's lots and lots of families today that um, are just absolutely heartbroken. So... Keep them in mind. Be praying for them. Be praying for our nation. It seems like after that we were so close and everybody was united. And um, as a nation now, we're facing some turmoil with some separation. And um, just pray for our country. Um, Today we're going to be talking a little bit about mission. The beginning of mission, right? We're going to be in Acts chapter 1 and 2. If you want to flip through your Bible or get in that specific area. Or if you have a smartphone, you can go to the Bible app and check out our live event it's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, I should know. I put it in there. Just kidding. Uh, not kidding about putting it in there. Just kidding about it maybe being sweet. Regardless, mission, 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 mission. How do we ensure we have a successful mission? See, Cordelia takes on endeavors all the time at our house. Um, oftentimes all by herself because she's super independent and without any communication because, well, she doesn't really want to tell us what she's doing because she's afraid we'd tell her no. Um, And oftentimes they are colossal works of art that are destructive to our entire house right after we just cleaned our house, right? We just cleaned our house completely spotless. We got everything right where we want it. We've uh, fluffed all the pillows and placed them perfectly on the couches and like everything's ready to go. And she's like, now would be a great time to build a fort, pillows off, blankets unfolded, things stacked up that shouldn't be, and she's like, I'm going to jump from, you know, the ceiling in here and see if I can land on the stack of pillows I just made. Oftentimes, her mission there is unsuccessful. Why? There was no communication. Uh, It was bad timing, and it wasn't well thought out. And uh, my wife is getting mad at me because my beautiful daughter is creative and smart and strong and important, and I'm not disputing any of that. I'm just saying I wish she had better timing. That's all, Jerrica. Don't kill me. When it comes to mission, there's three keys, at least that I believe, to a successful mission. Okay, we sort of hit on that, but we are going to hit on that specifically today. Uh, If you'll turn to Acts chapter 1, we're going to look at some specific verses here. But the first thing that we have to have in order to have a successful mission is that we must encounter the Almighty. Okay, we must encounter the Almighty. What do I mean by that? See, the disciples got a bit of uh, a benefit that we don't have. They got to deal with Jesus one-on-one, okay? While I will argue that we get to do that, we don't get to see him face-to-face like they did. So we deal with the Almighty through the Spirit. So we have to meet the Father and the Son through the Spirit. That's key to having a successful mission, okay? In Acts uh, chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, Uh, This is what it has to say. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Okay, so 
right there, we see that they are getting to meet Jesus face to face. And he goes on to say that um, you have been baptized by me, right, in water, but you are going to meet the Spirit. You're going to get to meet the Spirit. So they're going to be introduced to a brand new ball game. They're going to get to meet the Spirit for the first time. This is something that they haven't had to have previously uh, because Jesus was there with them, okay? They had flesh there with them. So we move on and, and, and we see... Um, in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, that the day of Pentecost came, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so they were introduced by the, to the Spirit, they were touched by the Spirit, and they had this whole new connection to God that they had not had before goes on to say in 2.38, it talks about how in order to uh, become indoctrinated into this family, to receive the Spirit, that we have to repent, right? Repent, repent, repent. It goes on to say that Peter said to them, repent and that every one of you will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? Why is this important to have connection to God? Okay, this applies not just to the church realm, but to our lives as well. When we take on any project, it's important that we understand who's in charge of that project. Who are we looking to for guidance, right? The Chiefs aren't going to roll out there today with a coach that they just met for the first time today, all right? You're not going to start a new job and your boss automatically expect that you know what you're doing. There's got to be that communication, there's got to be that connection, and there's got to be that joint effort between the two of you in order, to, in order to have successful mission. Now, the Spirit does three things for us, okay? Three things the Spirit does. The first, it connects us to God. John 3, 3 through 6, uh, it states... There we go. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. We want to make sure that our mission that our work is God-centered, God-focused, God-ordained. We need that connection to God. It goes on to say that anything of the flesh is of the flesh, meaning that we will not be as successful as we can be if we try to undertake the problems in our life by ourselves. If we as Crosspoint say that we want to be missional, we want to go to, Nick, as Shane says, Nicaragua, okay? We want to go to Nicaragua, and we want to be missional there, and we want to make an impact in that place, and we want to be missional here in Republic, and we want to make a difference in our community. We have to make sure that we are first talking with God, communicating with God, being prayerful, being mindful of what he would have for us, right? Because if we're just taking on different missions, different projects of our own volition, then we can't guarantee that we are going to be successful, but I promise you that anything ordained by God will come to fruition, whether or not we are the best suited for it, or whether or not uh, we think that we will be successful. If God says, this is what I want you to do, it will be done. 
So that connection to God is ultimately what we're looking for and is ultimately important. The Spirit connects us to God. The second thing the Spirit does is bring us understanding. Okay, we see this in 1 Corinthians 2.12. Um, it says that we have re- what we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Okay, the Spirit is here to bring us understanding. Any of you out there ever wonder what God wants in your life? What God wants from you specifically? Have you had questions? Have you looked at something and said, God, I really don't know what I'm supposed to do in this situation? Have you prayed? Right? It's that spirit that connects us, that brings us understanding, that leads us down the right path. The spirit brings us understanding. When we don't know the answer, the spirit is there to help lead us to the answer, to God. It's that connection with God. And it brings us understanding. The Spirit also does one more thing for us. It provides the power of God. If we look at 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verses 3 and 4, it goes on to say that, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive, wor- <laughs> wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Okay. Who wants to do something under their own power or all by themselves when they could be backed up by the almighty power of God. Right? This goes back to that teamwork thing. This applies to our lives in any realm. It's better to do something with people to have that support, to have that guidance, to have somebody that you can bounce ideas back and forth with. Okay? But to just understand that, hey, I'm not in this thing alone. The Spirit provides for us the power of God. We can trust that the Spirit's leading us from God and be confident in the things that we're doing because they were God-ordained. The Spirit brings us the power of God. Second key, right? The second thing that we need to understand for a successful mission is that mission does not require perfection. We have to accept failure. We have to. Okay? Acts. Chapter 1, 6 through 8. This is what it has to say. This is right after Jesus goes on and says that John was baptized um, with water, but, but you shall be baptized with spirit. Right? This is the promise of a new connection to God that they've never had before. And then it goes on to say, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Guys, the disciples were dopes. They were dumb. Okay, they were like children. I don't mean to call children dumb. I'm just saying children aren't to the point, hopefully, that one day where they, I mean, except for Jared's kid. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He was laughing at me. I mean, he, I, they're your kids. You're right, Lori. I didn't mean it. Um, yeah, take that, Jared. Right? Not fully mature. So here they are, right? They, they've been with Jesus throughout this entire mission that he's been on. He's with them every day. He's teaching. He's healing. He's bringing new life. He is, is, is making difference. He died on a cross and came back to life, rose from the dead, okay, to teach them all this important mission about, you know, needing God and, and, and going to others and bringing them into the family and to understand that there's one way to get to heaven and that this world is, is not the end. Like, this is not the end of life. This is just the beginning, He's gone through all this with them for three years, and the first thing they have to ask him when he gets back is, hey, can we have our land back? 
We have our land back. Have you ever tried to teach a, a, a child a lesson like you take one of their favorite toys away from them, they misbehave, right? You take something from them, and you're sitting there, and you're having a heart-to-heart, and you're getting good eye contact, and you're thinking, like, man, this is going to go so well. Like, they're getting it. And you're, you're just sitting there, and you're like, we can't act like that. You know, we need to behave. It's, it's, it's not nice to whatever it is wrong. Like, you're correcting everything, and they're nodding and nodding and okay and okay. And you get done, and you say, understand? They go, yeah. Can I have my toy back? And you just want to, like, stay right there. Doof! You know? Can you imagine, like, how Jesus felt? Seriously. He went through this entire mission. Like, he's like, hey, guys, I, I died. I came back to life. Came back to you. Promised you the Spirit. Showed you, you know, what you have to look forward to. Eternal life here. And you want your land back. You want your land back. He goes on, like, I'm imagining at this point that he's probably yelling. It doesn't say that he's yelling. But, like, I mean, you know, I would be yelling. He goes on to say, guys, it's not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. That's verse 7. Verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world. Earth. Earth. End of the earth. Patience, kindness, you know all those virtues they say we should have? Directly from Jesus. You imagine the patience it took right there? Every, can we have a toy back? <sighs> Guys, don't worry about the toy. Okay? Don't worry about the toy. You're getting the spirit. You're getting the spirit. It's like a kid who's like really upset that they didn't get a power wheel and he's like promising them like a four-wheel drive, you know, extended quad cab F-150 that can do like anything they want in life. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, give me my power wheel back. Like, where's the thing I have to pedal? And he's just, focus, 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 focus. The disciples were dopes. And their reputations weren't that well either. See, because after they received the Spirit in chapter 2, this is what said. So they began to speak in all these different languages, right? But we look at verse uh, 2, chapter 7, and it goes on to say, uh, they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these the Galileans? Like they're speaking in all these languages. Are not all these the Galileans? Clearly they didn't expect anything intellectual from them. Like, it wasn't like, oh, not shocked at all. These are the Galileans. It goes on to say in verse 13 there, oh, they're all drunk. They're all drunk. So if they're doing something that you don't understand, it's the Galileans, they've got to be drunk. Okay? Got to be drunk. You may sit there and say to yourself, look, I don't have a good reputation. I haven't lived a good life. I've done a lot of bad things. Uh, I don't deserve to be part of this family of God, and I certainly shouldn't be talking to anybody about them needing forgiveness. Okay, that's something I've, I've been there, I've struggled with. You know, I, I've admitted in the past I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. I treated people terribly. I was very central focused. The last person that I would pick out of anybody I've ever known to be a pastor would be myself. And yet God called me to the ministry. So you may sit there and say to yourself, look, I'm not perfect and the honest truth is good. You don't have to be. In fact, that's better. Because you can relate to real people who aren't perfect. Part of being mission-minded and being successful at mission is understanding that you are going to fail sometimes. If God ordained it, it will happen. may not happen the first try. You may not be a hit right off the bat. Okay? But you are loved. You are important. 
And God has destined something specifically for you that no one else can accomplish. You have your own mission. And together, if we all fulfill our mission, we as a church are going to impact the world. Not just here in Republic, but in Nicaragua as well. Okay, we are going to be able to find ourselves in situations where we are making a difference on a daily basis. Where people look to us and say, that church, they're doing something. That is what I would say that we want. It's one of the reasons I love Crosspoint so much. It's one of the reasons that Jarek and I committed to being Crosspointers. Is because this is a church that we fully believe is on the move. But we have to understand that we're not going to be perfect the first go-round. And if we are, all praise to God. But if we fail once or twice, that's okay too. Because if God wants this thing to happen, it's going to happen. Even after all their imperfections, they're still the building blocks for one of the biggest movements of all time. Still going today. Okay? Don't have to be perfect. Have to be willing. Have to buy in. Have to be connected to God. That's what's important for mission. Key number three. We have to devote ourselves to God and devote ourselves to church. And when I say church, I mean big C. I don't mean just cross point. The disciples showed their devotion to Jesus by listening to him, okay? Understand, at the end of chapter 28 of Matthew, Jesus gives what we all know as the Great Commission, okay? He's like, this is the pet talk. This is the speech. He's giving it to him right before he ascends. He's saying, listen, go into all nations and, and, and baptize and bring him into the family and teach him who God is, and change lives. And then in Acts, we see here that he says, hey, wait. <laughs> wait for the Spirit. Wait for the Spirit, right? He goes, you guys need to wait here. The Spirit's going to come. We know that they waited about 10 days. Can you imagine what that looks like? Like, I'm connecting everything to football, I guess, because today's football day, and in my heart, I'm still a football player. Okay, get over it. I'm a beast. But can you imagine if a coach comes in, and they're just like, nailing the speech they're just jazzing everybody up it's like win one for the gipper and all that cool stuff and like team is just like riled up and alicia's looking at me like this is like oliver wood okay getting hairy and the rest of them jacked up for a quidditch match okay what i'm i'm there too okay Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like he's saying, look, we're facing Slytherin here, or however you want to pronounce it, and they're a bunch of jerks, and we want to get the quaffle and shove it down their throats, and we're going to catch that snitch before they even look at anything. And then he's like, hey, everybody sit down and meditate. Right? They're all like, yeah! And he's like, all right, let's, let's sit down. Everybody deep breaths. <sighs> like, so Jesus gets these guys going who we've already you know, gotten to the point that they're – uh, prone to making mistakes, they're ready to go. And he's like, hey, wait. Hey, wait. Would it have shocked anybody if like one or two of them was like, nah, I'm going. You know what I mean? Nah, I'm going. So we need to be able to be in that here and follow relationship and have some patience when it comes to mission. So many of us, we get called to do something and we expect it to happen like right that second. I know personally, and Jericho will nod her head if you look back at her, that I have struggled with this. I am not the most patient person. Like when I decide I want something, I want it right then. And uh, if I feel like God called me to preach, like I was kind of expecting to be like mega church pastor within a year. Not saying that's reasonable, just saying that I thought it would happen. Okay? So it didn't, in case you were wondering. Um, 
But I'm here at Crosspoint. I'm loving every minute of it. Okay? But mission sometimes requires patience because God has his own timeline for things. And we can't expect him to be on our timeline. Okay? It's not like, hey, you're the captain, you're the boss, you're the commander, now do what I say. Okay? If we're going to be connected to God, we have to understand that God has something very specific for us, but he has it on his timeline. Everything is ordained. It's made perfectly. It's put into place at the right time when it's supposed to be put into place. Okay? So don't rush it. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Be patient and understand that when it's supposed to happen, it will happen. Devotion to God, devotion to church. Understanding. In preparation for their mission, okay, they showed devotion to God by going to prayer. In Acts 1.14 it says that, there, that these all continued with one accord, meaning the disciples, uh, in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Okay, here's the most important thing that we need to understand about mission, in my opinion. This goes for anything in life. If you want to accomplish something, you need to be prayerful about it. Never, ever, ever, ever underestimate the power of prayer. Never underestimate the power of God. Okay? You, we need to be in preparation every day for what we think Crosspoint may be 10 years from now by praying and praying and praying and praying and doing it together. The disciples were the model for the church. What they do before their mission began, before the church spread into all the world, they prayed together. We as Crosspointers, we need to pray together. We need to understand that God has something for us, okay? And he has it planned out, but that doesn't mean that we don't need to seek his guidance and just expect it to happen. Pray, 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 and when you don't know what else to do, pray. We good on that point? Okay, pray. Pray. P-A, pray. You know what I'm saying? P-A, pray. The disciples showed their devotion through church, through unlegislated love and generosity. Okay, Acts 2.44 talks about, and we don't necessarily have to put it up, but talks about how all who became part of the family and they were baptized, 3,000 of them, they sold their belongings and they came together and they, you know, pulled together all their resources and that anybody who had a need, that need was met. I'm not suggesting that we have some kind of cross-point commune. I am saying that Denny does have enough land probably if we want to try it, okay? But we'll probably have to ask his permission first or just all show up with a bunch of tents. Having said that, don't think that's a good idea, okay? Don't think that's a good idea. This is not saying that we have to be socialist. I'll throw that out there. I'm not, I'm not being political, but I'm just saying, it's not saying that, you know, we have to make sure that everybody's equal and that we all um, put our things together and that we split it evenly. It's just saying that we take care of our own, that we understand that we're part of the family of God and that when we see a need, we do what we can do to meet that need. That's part of mission. It's coming together for a united purpose and understanding that if we are to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, we are to do it together. And that we're going to have to do it together. We are the body of Christ. Okay? Not the man of Christ. Not the woman of Christ. But together the body of Christ. This is not an individual effort. So understand that we need to devote ourselves to the church. And that's Big C Church. That's not Cross Point per se itself. We have to understand that we are in this together. 
And in the last series, we talked a lot about what God's vision was. Right? The house on the hill. God's vision for the church is mission. It said everybody is included and gets to come to the house on the hill. I wish I had the little plastic thing. Lydia would love that right now. Okay? The house on the hill. It's the point of this, what we're doing now, what we're doing together, is that we put the keys of the kingdom into every hand that doesn't have one so that they can be part of the family, that they can know Jesus, that they can find forgiveness, and that they can live life eternal with us. That one day we are partying like nobody's ever partied before on streets of gold, having a great time, and understanding that the Chiefs have probably won like six or seven Super Bowls by that point. Okay, you know what I'm saying, Jared? I'm just saying that's going to happen. So be ready for that. But if we are really going to reach people, if we are really going to reach people, we have to understand that God's vision for the church is mission. It's for you and I to go out and to speak his word and to introduce people to the Christ that we know. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we come to you right now. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to call ourselves sons and daughters of Christ, to call ourselves... uh, sorry, brothers and sisters of Christ, sons and daughters of, of you, Lord, that uh, we can just be on mission for you, that we can confidently step out and understand that, Lord, you have ordained something special and specific for us, that, that we need to include you in those things, that we need to be open-minded and ready to go wherever it is that you may call us. God, I pray that as cross-pointers, we are mission-minded, that we make a difference in our world around us, that you lay on our hearts a burden to make a difference in lives that need it. Lord, we see needs every day that can be met. Do we choose to meet them or do we walk on by? That's the ultimate dilemma. We can't always help. We can't. But Lord, when we can, what will we do? One thing we know that we can always do is pray. We can pray for others. We can pray for guidance. We can pray for church. We can pray for our nation. God, I pray that we become a church of prayerful people. The Bible tells us to never cease in praying. Lord, I pray that we live our life a conversation with you, that we daily look for guidance that we allow ourselves to hear and follow what it is you have for us, and that we put our passion behind the passion that you've placed in our lives. God, you gave your son. You gave your son, not just so that we can get by scotch-free, not just so that we can put a Band-Aid on our boo-boos, God, but so that we can be completely healed. And you want to give that gift to all, and it's our job to give that gift to others. God, I know that there's people out here right now today, it would be naive to think so, that maybe have have never made a connection, a real connection with you. Lord, I pray that right now, today, that you not let them leave this place without understanding that they need the love of God in their life. That they need the guiding of the Spirit. So God, if they have any questions about that at all, I pray that you lay on their hearts heavy today to not leave this place without at least talking to me. I'll be in the back. God, we have others in this room who have made that commitment to you, but maybe say, my life hasn't quite been where it's needed to be. And I want to recommit myself to this mission. I want to recommit myself to being part of this family. God, I'm there for them as well, and we'll have others in the back who would love to speak with them. 
And if we have people that fit in either of those categories, Lord, who are firmly in the house of God, who call themselves one of your own, Lord, I pray that they spend this time praying. Praying and worshiping the Almighty God who loves us and has a perfect mission for us. For we are imperfect people on a perfect mission. In your son's name we pray. Amen.